Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Welcome again today to another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside Podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we tend to do that in the world of sports, of leadership, of books, churches, business, comedy. And today, that topic I just said that I love dearly, comedy, we're doing that. We're doing that with, gosh, I've known Jeff Jenna now for several years. We met in Springfield through Dwight McCormick at his church. Well, I'm a blank Northminster Presbyterian. And right. we've kind of stayed up with each other and done a meal here and there and texting and a phone call here and there. And we've been talking for several, several months about a podcast. And today is the day, Jeff Jenna. What are you doing with Carrie to celebrate finally being on here? Well, you know, I uh, did call Rossi's and get some fireworks, uh, which will be this evening. I scheduled the closest pass of Jupiter to the Earth in 60 years to celebrate this. And wow. also last night, I ran a spaceship into an asteroid. <laughs> okay. Maybe I didn't do all that, but I'll pretend like that. I think I did say you are a comedian, so we're all aware of that. We'll get more into that in a minute. But before we got on here, we were talking about appropriate words and phrases where the letter S belongs or doesn't belong. Well, let me set this up. Please do. I have a son who just turned 24. He's a great kid. His name is Miles. But if I'm in Canada, he is kilometers. That's, um, that's a bad joke. But uh, I always say the and add an S to everything because it aggravates him. It's great fun. Like I always say, I am going to the Kroger's. And he'll go, Dad, Dad, it's just Kroger. It's just Kroger. And I'll say, oh, I know. And it, I'll say, hey, uh, can you help me put some stuff on, up on the TikToks? <laughs> and he'll go, Dad, it's just TikTok. And I go, oh, oh, I know. Hey, maybe you can help me look that up on the Googler. And, <laughs> and just, it's fun to do. It's just, you know, I'm an old guy now, Jeff. I got to, I got to fill my time somehow. You know, what's funny about that. So I hadn't even thought about this till you just said that a former board chair of mine, who was one of the most godly, incredible men you'd ever meet. He was a former athletic director, helped start sports management at Cedarville university. Just an incredible guy. He used to say, I'm, I've never heard anybody else do this. He used to call Panera, Paneras, and I'm like, Paneras. No, nobody added an S to Panera. Now he was such a godly, smart, intelligent, higher ed guy. You kind of let it go, but I'm like, how is he getting Paneras from Panera Bread? Well, it's a possessive. The shop, the restaurant belongs to Panera. It's <laughs> Panera's restaurant. Well, it actually belongs to Cavelli in Youngstown, who owns more Paneras than I think anybody. But here's the one I was going to tell you offline. I said, we'll wait until the podcast to do this. I think technically it's plural, but you know which one people mess up and add a letter to the latter S to more than any other? You can see it here at any time you go to certain types of events. Do you know what that is? Where do we add an S? Uh, 
Well, if it's if you live in Pittsburgh, it's the word you. They say yuns. Okay. But I have no idea. You hear gonna, every baseball game, seventh inning stretch, buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. It's not cracker jacks. And if you go to game and close your or close your mouth and just listen, the S is added by everybody. Everybody. And it's oh. cracker jack. Hey. Well, I have to disagree with you because maybe they want more than just one box of Cracker Jacks. Oh. Maybe they want Cracker Jacks. Jeff, I don't know about you, but I've not had Cracker Jacks, plural, in a long time. I've, I haven't had Cracker Jack, I, singular I, box, in a long time, and we ain't missing much. I can't remember the last time I cracked a box of Cracker Jack, So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you set me straight pretty quick on that one. That was uh, – I didn't think I'd get shut down there, but I kind of got to shut yeah, down. Sorry. Sorry, I'm – yeah. Well, there's always an explanation for why people do things. <laughs> so let me ask you a question. One of the things we got to do before was uh, a while ago, you and I drove down together to near Florence, Kentucky, and ate at a barbecue joint right. with Matthew Sleeth, who is my only two-time guest on this podcast. And he has since come to speak for me, came and spoke at my church. You guys came had him. spoke at our church yeah, in uh, August. And is an incredible speaker and has a very – very important message you know it's it's strange how that whole thing came about because i think you were doing something on your podcast and you said to me you said hey i gotta read two books in the next like three mm. days or something yeah. and would you read one of them for me and just give me a synopsis and you gave me a choice of two books and this is you know this is how to me like you know people want to see how god works Mm -hmm. in your life and like if you look at the little things he's there so you gave me a choice of two books now i, I have a free will i could have chose chosen either book but i chose to read matthew sleeth's book about hope always his book about the suicide crisis in america in our society and i was shocked you chose that one you could have chose i forgot what the other one was but i'm like dang I, suicide. i don't even remember to be yeah. honest with you but I chose that one because uh, my son had mm -hmm. a friend who, for all the, you know, when you look at the shell, he was a college graduate, recent college graduate, had a good job, had a girlfriend, had life by the tail. And one evening he killed himself and it was beyond explanation of why this would happen. But I was reading Matthew's book when that happened. I believe, I, I don't remember exactly, but- Real close. They were contemporary events. And it gave me insight into something I had not given a lot of thought to. And I think I said to you, wow, this is a great book. You need, you actually need to read this book yourself. Yeah, that's right. And then you had Matthew on the podcast. And then I, I don't know if it was before you had him on or after you had him on. You and I went down to meet him in person and have lunch with him and just chat with him. And it was a great, great afternoon. Enlightening and, and, and amazing. And then, uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember the statistics as well as he does, but I it's some incredibly high number of people in our country whose lives are affected uh, by suicide. 
um, uh, you know, either a relative or a friend, uh, their lives are touched by this tragedy. And uh, well, he just says so many brilliant things. But one of the things I like most about his book was he gives you some really solid advice for mm -hmm. if you think somebody's in trouble, what to do. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, it's, 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 I, I, you know, and I'm not a big reader and I enjoyed reading the book. I got so much from it and it was great to meet him and, and uh, get to know him a little bit. So, and I also came to the breakfast that you had where yeah. he was the guest with a keynote speaker or guest speaker, whatever, uh, and gave a message about uh, suicide prevention. And it was really good, really incredible. So let me ask you, you're, you're 70, right? I, I will be 70 in about a month. Yep. I, okay. I was close. Well, you're around 70. So let's say this, yeah. when you look at life up to this point, you've obviously lived a little bit longer than I have. And, you know, by all accounts, this is the heading. And by into the way, I, I'm doing my best to keep that record going. Living That's longer right. than you. So. That's right. I'll never forget one of my pastors who likes to be funny said to me one time when I turned 21, he goes, congratulations, Jeff. This is the oldest you've ever been. I'm like, <laughs> I've never heard of that. That's pretty good. You can use that, Jeff. Give credit to John Essig. But um, anyway, it feels to me like, and I haven't known you, you know, I've known you a few years, but it seems to me like there's a, a newness and a freshness and just you being more aware, my guess is, of what God's doing in your life at this stage of life is that is that true um you know i i uh i was born into a very devout catholic family and uh was schooled by the jesuits and i've said this to you before i think what what the jesuits are great at the jesuits by the way are the lawyers that the reason the jesuit order was founded by saint francis xavier they were the lawyers for the church in the Spanish Inquisition. And if you ever need a lawyer for an ecumenical purpose, mm. I highly recommend the Jesuits. I had a friend who was uh, accused of cannibalism, and he got a Jesuit, and the Jesuit plea bargained it down to eating meat on a Friday. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, I had a throw joke. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Huckabee didn't get that one, did he? I don't remember that on Huckabee. <laughs> I didn't. No, Mike didn't approve that. <laughs> <laughs> we will. Uh, but anyway, what the Jesuits teach is how to question and doubt. And they do it so well that uh, you begin to question and doubt the existence of God and Catholicism and Christianity and mm. whatever. And so I fell into a period uh, during college and for many years after of kind of just drifting spiritually. Mm. Then I met my future wife, and uh, she said, you know, if we're going to have a serious relationship, church is going to be part of this. And so for a few years there, I was what I, what I call a go-along-to-get-along Christian. Mm. And I know there are men in your audience who do this today. They go to church on Sunday not because they have great faith, but because it makes the rest of the week oh, easier. Sure. You know, just, you know, like they go to church, but they're not in church. You know, they're not worshiping. Anyway, so my wife and I were living in Southern California at the time. We, lived, uh, we went to a little church in Irvine, California called Altersgate United Methodist Church. The pastor there was a man who, Change, you know, people can change your life in a moment. Mm. 
And that's what Al Watterson did for me. He came up to me after church one Sunday. We're kind of out in the courtyard. It's a beautiful day and we're having fellowship. And I'm looking at my watch and tapping my toe because I want to get home and, you know, watch football or play golf or whatever. You know, I got things to do. And Al just comes right up to me and says to me, you're not buying mm. everything I'm saying from the pulpit, are you? And I kind of go into that dodge about, you know, well, I was educated in science and, uh, you know, yeah. and he goes, hmm. He said, when you come into church, do you think God wants you to leave your brain at the door? Wow. He says, you bring your doubts in, you bring your questions in, and I will do my best to answer them for you. And in that moment, he changed my life. Yeah, I mean, that that kind of and this was a guy who was not, you know, he was and I, I don't I, I'm not putting anybody down when I say this, but he was not kind of a tree hugging kind of. This is a guy who'd been a United States Marine Corps chaplain for 25 years, uh, had been in the Navy as a chaplain. Uh, and this was a, a man, you know, this was a guy who was a serious man. And um, he, he, he really started my journey back to faith in that moment. And he said to me, he said, if, you, if I say something you think is incorrect, you put your hand up mm. and we'll talk about it. You know what I love about that story? You told me that we had breakfast at time at First Watch right. in, in right. Uh, Kettering. And you know what's funny? If I remember this correctly, and I'm pretty sure I do, I didn't even ask you anything about that. We, I wasn't even trying to go spiritual. You went spiritual on me. You know, I'm the ministry yeah. guy who gets paid to, you know, represent Jesus in a full-time <laughs> way, which we all do if we follow Jesus. But I remember being blown away, like, how much you took the conversation that morning on the spiritual, not me. And I was just like, man, there's something about this guy. He's just hungry. He's um, not just married to a woman who preaches, but. Uh, well, you know, and, and, and so. I, I kind of, you know, my mother used to tell me when I was young, my middle name is Thomas, by the way. And my mother used to tell me when I was young that she gave me the name Thomas for a reason. Ha! <laughs> and, uh, and so I have wrestled with my questions and my doubts for many years. I always, my greatest prayer is that my faith will become stronger and that my doubts will be removed and they are you know i i wrote a thing I, I wish i had my phone here i didn't bring my phone here by my computer intentionally because i didn't want to be distracted by it when we were talking but i wrote a thing the other day um i put a thing up on facebook the other day that i had written five or six years ago where i said i'm driving to the mm. airport this morning and worshiping God, and I'm paraphrasing my own thing because I can't remember exactly how I said it, but I'll give you the essence. I said, I'm, I'm worshiping God on this incredible morning that he's given us and wondering how anybody can think this is an accident, that this is the result of molecule A striking molecule B instead of molecule C, and this is what we get. And I don't understand, and maybe this is part of my movement toward faith, I don't understand how anybody can doubt 
that there is this, call it what you want, God, higher power, um, there's something, you know, if there's nothing greater than us, what is the purpose of life? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if there's nothing greater than you, then you are the center of the universe, you know, and I just, I cannot, I used to be that guy. And now I can't understand that guy anymore, yeah, if yeah. that makes any sense to you. Well, so, you know, what's interesting about that is, you know, I think one of the things that ends up coming up on many of the podcasts we do here is a real sense of humility of realizing it's not about us, that we're actually pretty small. I've heard people say in nonprofit world, you know, as a as a, an executive director or whatever, thinking about your donors, your volunteer leaders, your board, whatever, do you want to be the featured player in your story or do you want to be a part of a much bigger story? And God right. gives us the opportunity, all of us, to be a part of a much bigger story. Oh, by the way, it's his story through Jesus. And you embracing your middle name of Thomas and being called that, you said, for a purpose and for a reason. I tell people all the time, if you will be committed to finding truth, you're going to be fine. Because the beautiful thing is, I was I was reflecting on this last night. You know, John 14, 6, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. It would have been one thing if he said, I'm going to point you to the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no, no I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if people are looking for the truth at their heart of hearts, 100%, I want to know the truth, guess what? It's not going to land you into a statement, a theory, a fact. It's going to land you into a person, which is pretty stinking cool. I saw your post right now. I just pulled it up from September yeah. 25th, 2016. Right. Go friend Jeffrey jenna he's not jeff jenna on facebook he's jeffrey and you can see that post actually i think that post is probably public so they don't even have to friend me. there you go that's a wonderful Um, thing i've been not studying but i'm interested in christian apologetics and i am i love listening and hearing in fact a book that i recommend to people who are interested is the story of reality, the author's name has just completely popped out of my mind, but I listened to his podcast and his podcast is Stan- Greg Kunkel. Sorry. It, it, that's the way this head works sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's not, yep. it's not linear, but uh, Greg Kunkel has a great podcast called stand to reason. He, he's got some great books about apologetics and the story of reality is one of his, uh, his best, I think, is, you know, and when, in which he, the main position behind the book is that the teachings of Christ, Christianity, faith is the best explanation for the way reality is. Amen. Amen. And uh, it's, uh, he's, he's actually been a big influence on yeah, my life. No doubt. So, you have to be. So, what is it like? being married to a pastor and what would Carrie say it's like being married to a comedian and how does that ebb and flow in marriage and, and, and being a mom and dad to miles? Well, 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 here's the thing, you know, I've been doing, I've been in stand up comedy for 44 years. It's been my only means of support for about 41 of those years. I don't know anything else. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I've been, Married to my wife for oh, just shy of 30 years. I have known her for over 30 years. I don't know anything else. 
So when people say to me, hey, what's it like being married to a pastor? To my wife, what's it like being married to a comedian? I go, it's just normal. That's what it seems like. It seems normal to me. Um, so I, I don't, I, don't your, I never know how to answer that question. Is your you content know, I, better because of her and her messages are better because of you? Well, I do and uh, add uh, a little, you know, she'll, sometimes she'll say, Hey, I'm going to preach about this. Can you can you give me a little something to kick it off with a <laughs> with a chuckle, you know, yeah. a laugh? And so I'll do that often. Uh, and uh, a lot of times I will run jokes by her and go, "Do you think this is kind of offensive?" And she'll go, "If you have to ask me, yeah. it probably is." It probably is. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway. So. so okay, well, let me ask you this: So, 44 years. I was trying to figure out the number earlier, and I wasn't sure. So I'm glad. You yeah, 1978 was the first time I ever went on stage at the Comics Annex in Houston, Texas. Wow. So, and I was a school teacher at the time and continued to work in that profession for a couple of years while I kind of learned what I was doing. And when I thought I knew what I was doing, I was going to quit teaching for a year, uh, live kind of this artist life for a year, and then go back to teaching and write a book about my year as an artist mm. and uh, I haven't written the book yet cause I'm not done, not done. living my year yeah. as an artist yet 41 years later. So. so how drastically has it changed? I mean, obviously back in the day you're on Johnny Carson tonight. show, whoever, if you're on Carson, he could say, come over to the couch, you do the show, right. you get to the couch, your career is made. There's not right. anything no, see, like that. Now this what is, this is I'm, my son, miles uh, is a musician. And uh, he is starting his journey into, and, you know, I, I do a joke. I go, I don't know where my son ever got the idea that you can make a living entertaining people. Uh, yep. But he is starting that journey now. And I give him advice. And I, one of the things I say to him is, you know, the great thing about being an entertainer today, there are no gatekeepers. Mm. You know, you can do good work put it on the internet, make a website, get a fan base through social media and, and become successful. You know, the bad thing about being an entertainer today, mm, a gatekeeper. there are no gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so everybody, no matter how good or bad they are, yeah. can get out there. So I think it's more difficult today for young artists to fight through all the noise and find a platform mm. and find their voice and find their audience. Whereas when I was starting out, it wasn't quite that way. You know, I, uh, I was fortunate to do some television and get a little bit of notoriety and it's kind of carried me along. And I've been incredibly blessed to make a living in a very difficult profession for as long as I have. Now I'm not, Wealthy. I tell people I don't have Seinfeld money. Oh. <laughs> you know, nobody but, does. Not, well, Seinfeld does. Yes, <laughs> Jerry does. <laughs> but uh, but I've been been very blessed that I have been given this gift and blessed enough to continue to do what I wanted to do for forty one years. And to me, that's a blessing in life. That is unequaled i mean uh, and and i've often I, and i've told my son this you know and, and i don't make a secret of the fact that when i was younger i had drug and alcohol problems 
and uh, have been in recovery for many, many years now. But if I would have had a pile of money come to me, say, in 1986, I'm not sure I'd be sitting here sure. talking to you right now. Yeah. You know, so and that's another way we see God in our lives. Mm. You know, I, I, I maybe it was you who said this to me, but I had somebody say to me recently that God loves us so much. Sometimes he says no. Mm. Yeah. You know, well, and I so, think one of the things you see in two fields I can think of off the top of my head, comedy and pro wrestling. Go make your joke about that. There tends to be a lot of lives being ended early and people go through some brutal stuff and people make the joke often or tell the story, maybe not being funny, but just a lot of uh, comedy. And, and you and I talked about this one day, I think when we came back from Matthew, about just it's right. through heartache, it's through pain. There's a sense of therapy counseling to it. And, you know, how much do you really have something to say and be funny about if you haven't experienced that kind of pain? Right. And, and the other thing, too, is that, and I will say this, and I think this is true of, uh, anybody who's in any entertainment, whether you're a pro wrestler, a musician, an actor, a comedian, uh, there are there's a lot of substance abuse problems in the performing arts community. And there's probably a lot of reasons for it. But I've noticed this, that, you know, it's it's an incredible rush to be on stage in front of a room of 500, 1,000, 1,500 people who give you their love and appreciation. Yep. And that is a high. And then I walk out the door mm. and down to the coffee shop and I'm just another guy getting a cup of coffee, yeah. you know, and I'm another guy who's who the guy next to him is going, Hey, you mind pulling your elbow in? Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah. go, Excuse me. Do you, I just, I just slayed in front of 1500 people. <laughs> do you, you know? yep. So, and I think that kind of roller coaster of huge sure. acceptance and approval and that high, then the crash, I think that leads a lot of people into substance abuse sure. and things like that. I'm, you know, that is that is just a theory. And sure. I am not a counselor. Yeah. And I am no you don't I am as I say to people, they don't invite me to the Mensa meetings. Sure. So I have a you know, I am a safe distance from genius. Um, but it's tough, you know. Uh, and then the other thing I tell my son about what we do is like, I say to him, how long, how long will you give it? Mm. How long will you pursue what you believe is your purpose in life? And the answer is as long as it takes. Mm. As because as it if takes. it's truly the purpose God intends for you, why would you ever give up? Yeah. You know, what's funny about what you just said there. So I've been doing a 40 day prayer challenge thing, which you know about and we got people right. in there praying through 40 days mark batterson's thing and he says in there there's a thing you know we tend to pray prayers that are asap we don't pray prayers that are alat as long as it takes and that's right. who we are that's what we should be that's you know you want to do the alat type of prayers and uh you know i love I, that's been every time we've done that that's been one of those things that people have really jumped on and held on to and said man i need to be praying more a L A T prayers as long as it takes. And you did that with us before. Did that I'm curious. So when you read that and we did that together, you were part of that. Did the A L A T stand out to you significantly? Oh, yes, yeah. Because I, I, I have thought that in my mind that that we pursue uh God's purpose in our life as long as it takes. Like for example, my wife was not didn't 
come out of college, uh, you know, she didn't go out of high school, go to seminary, become an minister. She was in different careers before she came to this, that my life is lacking something and I need to do this. And I said, well, then, then you got to do it, you know, because I certainly understand that, you know, I certainly understand that, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. If you think that you're being pushed in a direction, you have to follow mm. that call. Amen. And I don't, here's what I don't understand, Jeff, is I don't understand like how people get out of bed every day and do something they are not happy. Hundred percent. Yeah. I just that that's that's so hard for me to understand. Sure. You know. You mentioned TV work. I don't want to miss past that. What were some things people might remember or recognize that you did when you did some TV work there for a while? Well, uh, one of my one of the the, the most fun things I ever got to do is I got to do an episode of the TV show Hunter and you'd have to be mm. like ancient to remember Hunter. NBC. Uh, it was a kind of a cop show back in the late eighties and early nineties. And the reason I bring it up is I got to do an episode of that with a guy who I really admired, who was Don Rickles. Oh, wow. uh, and he was the special guest star that week. And I got to be his kind of sidekick for the weekend. He was a, sweetheart to me and we became i won't say we were best friends it's not like uh, we were hanging out at each other's houses but we became acquainted and i got to hang out with him a couple times away from there uh and he despite his stage persona was a really sweet guy a really a nice generous giving man and um was that the show with fred dreyer Yes, that exactly. And Stephanie Zimbalist, I think, yeah. was also the was the female lead on the show. Wow. And then I, I had a small part on an episode of Murder She Wrote, which was kind of the I call it Murder at the Comedy Club. Uh, oh, you know. And um Oh, that's funny. And then uh I did a number of other shows. Uh I did a lot of what, what were known as brick wall shows which were stand-up shows where the comedian stood in front of a brick wall, whether it was comedy on the road, mm -hmm. evening at the improv, improv tonight, or a hundred other shows like that. I, I feel like I'm reading my resume. To you. No, that's fun. I mean, the, the hundred thing, it's funny. I don't I even... The Dennis Miller show. Yeah. I did, and I know a lot of people are going, hey, did you have you done anything in this century? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I just did the Huckabee, Huckabee show recently, yeah. and uh, uh, there's a class guy. Yeah. Great guy, great okay. man, Mike Huckabee. And uh, I've done some shows with Byron Allen on his network. You know, there's a guy who's an amazing success story. Byron Allen went from being a stand-up comedian to owning a entertainment network worth billions of dollars. So he's, he's done pretty good. I was going to say, when you mentioned Seinfeld earlier about the money thing, I know Byron Allen's been tied to these kind of goofy comedy louis anderson's on it type of thing or whatever like game shows that have a comedy flavor i'm like he does seem to have some kind of industry going behind him where byron allen might be i think, be he, right I think he bought the weather channel hmm. just recently i mean i i have a friend who is an executive in his organization and i mean it's not just that stuff he owns he owns huge numbers yeah. of things and I forget what his actual company name is, but it's not Byron Allen, but it's called EAT, like Entertainment Arts or something. That's amazing. Network or something, but it's like his company and it's it's huge. Wow. I mean, sure. they bought the Weather Channel. That's amazing. That's That that just seems so goofy when you said that. But yeah, says he's doing something right, I guess, to be able to buy that because right. I'm sure that's worth a penny or two. So, hey, Jeff, let's transition to what I like to call the rapid five. These are 
five quick hitting heavy short okay, sure. answers. Go ahead. So what is the Jeff Jenna favorite childhood snack or cereal? Okay, this is it, man. When I was young, I'm from a big family. In the morning, my mother would make a big pot of oatmeal or cream of wheat. And it wouldn't all get eaten. And sometimes my mom, when I got home from school, had not had time to clean up yet. <laughs> I would go to the stove and get the either cold oatmeal or cold cream of wheat, put it in a bowl, and put milk and sugar on it. Mm. Wow. You, so good. You just set a so really good. new low bar there. That bar can be easy. Got, but it was great. Wow. It was so good. I expected something yeah. so much better than that, but... That would, oh, but but it's but you don't understand. That was like when people talk about comfort food, <laughs> like that was as a you know, as a seven or eight year old kid or nine year old kid living in Kentucky, you come home home from a tough day at school mm -hmm. and just scoop out a little that got it done cold oatmeal, put a little milk and sugar on it, and sit down and watch some cartoons <laughs> before you do your homework. Oh, so good. Well, you know what that means? I got an easy time now to get you to go down to Bardstown, Kentucky with me to the monastery because you can get that there pretty easily. And if that's your dream snack, I can take care of you for every meal yeah. there. All right. Second one. What is your favorite book you most want to gift or have given to other people? Well, I, I mentioned uh, Story of Reality, mm -hmm. uh, but there also is another book that I have given to a number of comics and I won't mention their name uh, because they're kind of famous people and uh, they might not want people to know that they're reading things that I gave them. But there's a book that I absolutely love called Happiness is a Serious Problem. Mm. Uh, and it's by a Jewish theologian who has become somewhat of a political figure now uh, named Dennis Prager. And Dennis Prager's Happiness is a Serious Problem was written before he was a talk show host and before he was you know, involved in uh, conservative political stuff. But it's his theory is that, you know, our society teaches that happy, happy all the time, happy, 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 and that you're not supposed to be happy all the time. Mm. Happiness is a goal you work toward, and uh, it's an outcome of your behavior and your head. But it's a great little book. It's an easy read. I think it's 125 pages, okay. something like that. Love those kind of books. And for... Uh, my non kind of believer friends, here's something that we kind of passed by earlier. I think we all need a purpose in our lives. And what happens with a lot of my, I see a lot of my friends who are not believers, who are even atheists or agnostics or whatever they call themselves, but they are there. I'm spiritual, but not religious. You know, I just, I don't even know what that means, mm. you know, <laughs> but one of the things I try to give them is the four agreements. And I don't, I'm, oh, I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with the four agreements, yeah. but it's, it's a really good like, kind of basic thing in here's four principles that you can put behind your life that will help you get on a more moral and more, I, I don't know what the right yeah, word is. Road to travel. I've, but, I've heard that. Yeah. But the, the four agreements, and it's not a, a Christian book, say, but I, I, I think it has a lot of good stuff sure. in the four agreements. So yeah, sure. I would say those three would be my okay. kind of go-to books when people, was that too much? No, that's great. No, <laughs> no. I thought you, I was like, man, you're, you're, you say you don't like to read. You just mentioned three books there. So let's, let's uh, go this way. You, well, those are the only three books I've ever read. 
We'll get some Dr. Seuss in the library or Shel Silverstein for you. Um, I, oh, see that I like a little chef, Shel, chef Silverstein. Yeah, I can't stuff. even talk. Uh, you know, <laughs> Sarah Cynthia Stout. She would not take the garbage out. There you go. You're on it, man. She'd we get you clean rolling. her room and comb her hair. <laughs> anyway, so. so you and Carrie and Miles are traveling. You're going from A to B. You've driven on the road for several hours. You're having mm-hmm. to stop. Carrie or Miles need to go to the bathroom, and you're like, okay. We're getting off here. We weren't planning on it, but we are. Are you heading right. to Chick-fil-A at this exit, In-N-Out Burger, or McDonald's? Well, first of all, there's only one reason to go to McDonald's, and that's for uh, egg and muffin breakfast. There you go. Their fries are okay. I got to go with In-N-Out. I love the Chick-fil-A. Don't get me wrong. Yep. I love my spicy chicken sandwich, Deluxe Grilled. Okay. I love I love my chicken fingers at Chick-fil-A. I think they're the best chicken fingers. But uh, uh, I'm a huge, you know, the In-N-Out folks are are great people. Their their family is uh, a family of faith. Yeah, you know, and I got a chance uh, many years ago to play a round of golf in a charity outing with one of the brothers who is part of that family, and he was awesome. He was great approachable and at the end of the round he reaches in his golf bag he gives me like a handful of these kind of wooden nickel things that were all good for a free in and out burger oh right there winner you got so, it you won they've been gone for a long long time but uh <laughs> I, I i go out of my way i like chick-fil-a but i go out of my way to go to in and out when i'm traveling if, uh, that's like good stuff. recently like last year my wife and i went out to zion national park to hike and we landed in Las Vegas, picked up a rental car, started driving out of town. And I went, you know, we have to make a stop. And my wife goes, yes, I know. She knew exactly where it was. Right. And we, we went to In-N-Out and had a double-double animal style. There you go. And a Chaco milkshake. Okay. You're, you're getting me hungry right now. I don't need to eat more food. I had several breadsticks from Fazoli's today. So, Jeff, let's go this. What movie gets you and pulls you in every time you got to stay with it? What movie is that? Well, I got a couple here. All right. I got a couple movies that I, when I'm, if I'm channel surfing and I hit it, I got to stop. Number one, I think it's the best bad movie ever made. Roadhouse. Oh, Patrick Swayze. It's like, I don't know what it's like. It's like when somebody falls down and hurts themselves, you want to do something to stop it, but you can't. Sure. Oh, that's funny. What's it's your... like the premise of the movie is so ridiculous. Here's a couple of PhDs who've decided to be bouncers in really bad nightclubs. Wow. So what's your good one? You got a good one on there, I hope, right? But uh, And then by one that I absolutely love that makes me laugh, I've seen it a hundred times. I used to have it on video and would play it once in a while if I wanted to laugh. It's the original Mel Brooks, The Producers, with Zero Mustel and Gene Wilder. It is beyond hilarious gene wilder uh, the king of the meme uh gene wilder and yeah and mel brooks what well, it's just if you've never first of all the remake as a musical with matthew broderick and uh nathan lane nathan lane is unwatchable mm. if you're in love with the original wow and um it is so good so jeff uh, to, to close up that part of the thing what is your favorite trendy clothing item you have most bought into hook line and sinker over the years Mm, over the years Mm. 
that would be hard to say because I once, when I was in college or shortly after, paid an outrageous amount of money for a dark maroon velvet sport coat <laughs> that had gold stars all over it, tiny gold stars all over it. And I thought it was cool. And oh. I probably wore it about four times. And after being ridiculed, it went to the closet. And oh. now it's gone into the it's gone into the ether. I don't even know where it is. It's kind of like the Marsha Brady driving instructor episode where I'm going to picture you now, no matter what you're wearing in that outfit. Cause I just had the image in my head. You're always <laughs> wearing it to me now, but here's, I just bought these about a couple weeks ago. In fact, I'm wearing a pair right now. Jordan's alpaca socks. Oh, socks made from the alpaca fur. Wow. They are soft and warm and beautiful. I got them on right now. Wow. And, uh, I'm not doing a commercial for them, but uh, they're they're pretty cool. Well, that sounds, like a way to, that sounds like a way to close out because everybody's going to want to go get a pair of those socks. Jeff, Jenna, two things to say to you. One, and I've thought about this with you before, and I mean this in the most kindest, true way I possibly can. My father-in-law, who is a very unique, funny-in-his-own-right guy, but he is not going to just bind anybody. When I'm around you and I hear you talk, I think, man, Kara's dad, my wife, he would love to be friends with you. And I couldn't say that probably about a lot of people that he would say, yeah, I want to be that guy's friend. But he would want to be your friend. He's about your age. And uh, I've just appreciated the, the kind of journey God's taken us on together. I think there's more to be done together. I think we've enjoyed each other's company. And there's a bit of iron sharpening iron in that. Uh, I hope you feel that way. And I do. Looking forward to a whole I, lot more. I've enjoyed all my interactions with you, Jeff. It's never been disappointing. Mm. It's always been up. I, I should. That's kind of a bad compliment. No, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> You've never disappointed me. <laughs> well, but you know, there's that's that's kind of a weak comment. Let's be honest. Uh, but I've uh, always enjoyed whenever we've met for a meal or taken a little ride together or yeah. chatted on the phone 100%. or whatever. I've always always enjoyed it. Thank so. you. Where can people find out more about what's going on with you, Jeff? Where do you want to lead them? Uh, well, you know, I, uh, I always promote my, I, I did a special uh, that is on the internet for dry bar comedy, which I originally titled old dog, new jokes, but because dry bar uh, didn't especially like that title, they have rebranded it. You're not an adult at 18 and, uh, mm -hmm. something uh, and other things depending on where you find it and I'm not crazy about their titles but it, I am crazy about the special I think it's really good and if you go on YouTube and just search Jeff Jenna J-E-N-A Jeff Jenna dry bar comedy it'll oh. come up uh, I've got about a little over 600,000 views on my uh, special I'd like to get that to 6 million so if get everybody going, listening to the podcast <laughs> would listen to that my special just a couple thousand times. That's right. It'd be great. That's right. <laughs> uh, you can also find it on YouTube too, but I get paid more if you watch it on, I, I, you can also find it on Facebook. I'm yeah. sorry. Facebook. But I get paid more if you watch it on YouTube. That's why I promote it. That's good to know. I didn't and, know. Um, and I have a website. My website is my name, jeffreygenna.com. People can go there. I, um, I appear periodically. I don't work as much as I used to. That's by choice. In fact, I'm not working right now because in the COVID, I uh, I get bored easy. As my, my wife would tell you, I don't relax well, you know. So 
I got sent home by Carnival Cruise Lines on March the 15th of 2020. And I thought, well, this would be great. It would be a test retirement for me. And apparently I am not going to be good if I ever retire. Mm. Because by April, I was bored out of my mind. I started doing some volunteer work in that. And then I, uh, a friend of mine who had coached my son's high school golf team called me up and said, hey, my JV coach retired. I need a JV golf coach starting August 1st. What are you doing? And I said, I'm your guy. Because I wasn't working. I figured, what the heck? And it, you know, trust me, it wasn't for the money. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I, I did it. And I coached the JV team for two years during the COVID pandemic. And then this year, they asked me if I would like to be the head coach because Boom. my friend retired as well. Yep. And I it took it on this year. I've had a great time. We are Thursday is our sectional playoffs in the state playoffs at Pipestone Golf Course in Miamisburg. If anybody oh. wants to come by and watch Thursday morning, watch the mighty Fenwick Falcons go at it uh, on, on the links. And it's been a real blessing. But I go back out to work on the cruise lines on October 22nd. I work mostly for Carnival Cruises. They've been incredibly nice to me uh, over the last eight or nine years that I've been with them. I've also worked for a number of other cruise lines. And I appear at uh, corporate events, churches, and whoever. Whenever the phone yeah. rings, I very rarely say no. But uh, I don't really chase a lot of work. Anymore. Sure. So I'm trying to kind of back down. So that's kind of what I got go going on in my life right now. I'm I have a theater show in Marysville, Ohio and in January at a big remodeled theater there. And boy, that's a great way to promo. This is why I'm bad. This is why I never became famous, <laughs> yeah. Jeff. I don't, you know, you don't promo you well. know, somebody good would go, yes, I'm appearing at the yeah. such and such theater at uh, this day. I go, it's like the second Saturday in January. I'm in Marysville, Ohio at some remodeled theater. Sure. How's that plug? <laughs> well, we can help him. We can help him find it. He's Jeff Jenna. I'm Jeff Pinkleton. You can reach out to me and we'll tell you more of what's going on with Jeff Jenna. So thanks for joining us today, Jeff. Hey, I, you know what? It's been a pleasure, man. I love talking. 100%. Have a great day, Jeff. Uh, you too, buddy. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.